What's up, everybody? Welcome to the 10 Minute Drill. Today, we talk Mayweather versus McGregor, the MLB second half of the season. The Panthers fire their GM, and Zeke in trouble once again. Stay tuned. So, over the weekend, I found out that the cost to watch the Mayweather versus McGregor fight is going to be $99.95 on pay per view. I asked that question over the weekend to our listeners, and here's what people had to say. What's up, guys? Aaron here. So, you guys asked if uh, paying a hundred bucks for the uh, Mayweather versus McGregor fight is too much. Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. So I watch. I'm a fan of UFC. I'm a fan of of uh, certain boxers as well. And what I usually do, I'll do either a fight party where there'd be a bunch of friends. We all get together. We all chip in for food and chip in for the price of the actual pay per view itself. Or I'll go to Buffalo Wild Wings. Those are the two ways that I consume. You know, uh, fight pay-per-views 100 bucks like there's no way in hell like and, and the way and i don't really buy them anyway because you can put you know what they usually ask for like 70 bucks 100 bucks whatever the case is the guy can get knocked out in the first round and now you're you, you just paid 100 bucks for three minutes of entertainment it doesn't really seem like a good buy so nah i'm not doing it fight party or buffalo wild wings for me what's up guys shane from the game time guru uh, a really good question on the McGregor Mayweather price for the <laughs> to to watch the fight, man. I keep saying it's not worth anybody having to pay for it. Um, I mean, I, we all know what the outcome should be, which is going to be Mayweather winning that fight. Shouldn't even be close, really. If we are looking at the, if we're uncovering all the hype, like take the blankets off, everything, peel back everything, and look at it. Mayweather is going to win that fight. But I'm just going to be real. I'm watching it. Thing is, just get a group of about five, ten guys. Everybody splits the cost. It's like ten bucks a person, ten to twenty bucks a person. I think is actually very, very reasonable for this type of a, a fight. It's the first of its kind, so I'm absolutely paying for it, man. I'm, I'm gonna say it right now, I'm one of the suckers who's gonna be watching this. What's up? This is Barrett Malak from Malak Academy. Wanted to answer your question that you posed about the Conor McGregor versus Floyd Mayweather fight. I personally will not be paying $99.95 for this fight. However, I know that there would be a lot of people who will. My whole reasoning for that is I believe it is overpriced, but only because I'm just looking for the next way that they're going to try and make $100 million each. So, real truly, I expect there to be a second fight. And I also know that through social media and the huge audience that this will have, that there will be play-by-play -play along with highlights for me to watch of the fight. So I don't have to watch Floyd Mayweather jump around a ring and try not to get hit for an hour. Anyway, awesome question. Look forward to hearing about it. Hey guys, this is Tyler from MMA All Day. I uh, just wanted to call in and give my two cents on this question. Um, I personally do not think that the McGregor Mayweather fight is worth the $99.95 uh, pay-per-view price for full HD uh, coverage. The reason for that though is I don't think uh, McGregor is going to disappoint. I just think that there's a huge chance that Mayweather ends up letting everybody down just like he did uh, with the Pacquiao fight. Now, I don't even know how much the Pacquiao fight cost, but I think it was at least $75, and uh, I ended up not purchasing that one, and I actually ended up watching it in Spanish and just streaming it because I didn't want to pay for it. So um, I'll probably end up going somewhere for the McGregor Mayweather fight, although uh, 
in the city I live in, I mean, when the May Pack fight was going on, they had a cover charge, so it'll probably be the same. But I'm about out of time, so thanks. All right, guys, thanks for the phone call. AJ, $99.95. Are you watching this? Uh, this is this is really two separate questions here. Is the price too high for the fight? And the answer to that question is absolutely yes. Now the next question is, am I paying this for the fight? Absolutely yes. Now Aaron, Game Time Guru, Shane, Matlock Academy, MMA All Day, they all called in and they said something, they mentioned the fight parties. Now this is the way to do it. Like I don't wanna, if I'm gonna get this fight, I don't wanna sit on my couch by myself and watch the fight because that's just, I don't wanna do that. I'm not gonna pay the $100 by myself. And A, it's more fun if you get a group of 10 people, pay $10 per person, which isn't bad at all, isn't bad at all. But the fact that it's offered $89.95 standard definition <laughs> and then $99.95 for high definition. One, it's 2017. I shouldn't have to pay extra for high definition. It should just be broadcast in high definition. Like, no one's watching this fight. Like, you know what? I'm spending 90 bucks, but I'm not going to spend that extra 10 to see it in high definition. <laughs> I want to watch this fight. This is the same reason I yeah. bought this. I bought the Mayweather Pacquiao fight when when it went on with a few friends. A fight party, exactly like Aaron said. You do that. You watch that fight like that. Now that fight turned out to suck, but was I glad I watched it? Yes. Like it's something. This is one of those things that's one of its. It's the first of its kind. An MMA guy, McGregor is obviously he's a showman. You watch their um, their press conferences for all these guys. These guys are both showmen. It's going to be a fun fight regardless. But I think Mayweather's going to absolutely destroy him. Yeah, I do. I do too, and I actually am on the same boat as you. Go to a fight party. I actually like going to a bar for this because you're around a lot of people. The atmosphere is pretty crazy. Um, but I wouldn't just order it ninety nine ninety five and watch it by myself. If you're in that position where you have to watch it by yourself, don't even bother. That's just way too much money. But it is history, like you said. I mean, this is the first of its kind, maybe the last of its kind. We're going to be talking about this fight for years. I mean, for decades, to our children, to our grandchildren. I mean, this is a huge deal. I mean, we've never seen anything like this. So whatever you have to pay to watch it, I think you have to pay. I think it's funny that MMA all day, uh, he has his own podcast here on the Anchor app, and he talks MMA all day, obviously, because of his name. He said it's not worth it. The one person who actually covers this stuff says it's not worth it. So that's pretty interesting, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, maybe he maybe he knows it's not worth it because maybe he's got some inside inside. Uh, information thinking, oh, either McGregor's going to pick him apart or Floyd's going to pick him apart, having the in-depth knowledge of MMA saying it's not worth it. Yeah. But at this point, I don't care if it's if it's not worth it. I mean, this is something, if you're a fan of boxing, if you're a fan of UFC, you know, th I, this is almost like the Super Bowl of those events. It's like people are going to be talking about this and you're going to be like, I didn't watch it. <laughs> yeah, there's gonna there's gonna be highlights that are gonna be posted on Twitter, posted yeah. on Instagram. As long as it's not like a 10 second fight, like it's something that's gonna you're gonna want to see. You know, they're gonna be taunting each other. They're gonna be going back and forth. The pregame, it's gonna be fun to watch. I think. I think it's gonna be better than Mayweather Pacquiao was because that was just a dancing match. But I think you're actually gonna see some true fighting in this one, or at least attempted. So that's why I'm I'm watching it. The MLB second half of the season is underway and the trade deadline is approaching. We got a call in from Maven Podcast, so let's hear what he has to say about the MLB. Hey, this is Rex with Maven Podcast. With the All-Star break wrapping up, Major League Baseball is about to kick off for the second half of the season. And I'm curious to hear what teams you think are going to start building and what teams do you think are going to start dealing? What players are you looking for to start being moved around? Thanks, guys. 
Maven Podcast, first off, thanks for the call. And now I actually think that you gave us this call in as the day broke that Jose Quintana was traded to the Cubs, and we're, and we're getting to it now, given the weekend. And Quintana already made a stellar debut with the Cubs. So that was already the first big splash of the trade deadline. But I don't expect the Cubs to be done, and that's the one thing I think that you can take going into this trade deadline because the Cubs are right now, what are they, four and a half games out of a playoff spot? Yeah. And it sounds like the Brewers have – all intents and purposes to remain contenders, to go out. You know, the Brewers weren't expected to be here, and they're expected to make a run at Sonny Gray. That's a guy that's been all over the trade room. He's going to be moved. I feel like his name's been in the trade rumor with the A's for the last two years, and I think this is the year he's finally going to go. But it sounds like the Brewers are all in on trying to win this NL Central title. So I think the Cubs are going to have to make another move. I don't think Quintana is going to be quite enough to get them over that bump. So I look for them. The Cubs to try to make another move. And one of the big names that I'm surprised I'm, say, I'm saying myself, I think Justin Verlander is on his way out of Detroit. Wow. I think there's a, I think there's a market for him out there. You know, the Astros need started pit, starting pitching. There's, te- there's plenty of teams out there that need starting pitching. And the Tigers are really just a dumpster fire. They're not going to make the playoffs. Well, maybe dumpster fire might be a little extreme, but they're not going to make the playoffs. And at this point – you know, Justin Verlander is a guy that you can probably get a lot of young assets for. So I think the Tigers should look to do that. But other than that, I feel like you're going to see some moves in the AL. Josh, do you think you're a Yankees fan? Do the Yankees need to do anything, get some get some support for yeah, the uh, stud Aaron Judge? Well, definitely. I mean, their bullpen has failed on multiple occasions this year. Chapman's not having a good year. Tyler Clipper has been a disaster. So I would definitely, if I'm a Yankee fan or the GM Cashman, I would try to bolster up that Yankee bullpen because right now it's not looking good. You know, CeCe's been okay, but – how long do you think CC Sabathia is going to pitch well? You know, Tanaka has been a disappointment this year. So I think the Yankees do need some pitching. But my eye is actually on the other team in New York, which is the Mets, because, you know, this whole Matt Harvey situation that's been going on for the past year or two with a lot of drama surrounding uh, him and the Mets and ownership, I'm looking to see if the Mets are going to ship Harvey because there was some talk about it before, maybe a couple weeks ago. I haven't heard much about it lately, but I figured the Mets would be sellers in this in this market and a team who needs starting pitching might take a stab at Matt Harvey. What do you think? I mean, I don't think the Mets are going to be able to move, move Matt Harvey. You look at that whole thing. Was he hung over? He skipped a game without talent management at all. I think that's just going to be a lot for them to take on, you know, but when you look at the Mets starting pitching, DeGrom is the guy that is going to be who people want. And now the Mets are probably, you know, they're not looking at making a playoff push. Maybe they can get Syndergaard back and try to make a playoff push. There's going to be people out there that are going to offer them a very good amount for Jacob DeGrom, and maybe it's a maybe it's a team like the Houston Astros because the Astros could walk backwards and still win the division. They have a 16-and-a-half-game yeah. lead in the division right now. And when you really look at that team, it's going to say, okay, are they, make, are they playing to make a huge splash as the World Series team? Like this is – if the Astros make a move, that's the – that's what the move is for. It's not to win the division like you might see a team like the Royals make or, you know, the Cubs to make the push. If the Astros are making the trade, it's going to be a big splash to win the to win the World Series or to be up there. So I think it's, it'll be interesting to see what they do with that because I think the Mets would be more likely, well, with more ease, they would move DeGrom. I think it would be tougher to move Harvey because they would obviously get a better return for DeGrom too. All right, so in yes or no, do you think the Cubs come back and win the Central? Uh, if I had to say, I would say yes right now. Wow. I don't think the Brewers can make up the pace. And I think, you know, the Cubs, a lot of it, who knows what's going to happen with Kyle Schwarber. Maybe they've been dangling him out to trade to 
and teams in trade talks too. But, you know, I just trust the Cubs more, I think. They're a team that won over 100 games last year. They have Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, Ben Zobris. You know, they have all these guys. They get starting, they get more starting pitching. They get it back on track. So I think the Cubs will come back and win the division. I expect them to be in the playoffs come October. I've been saying yes all year, but they're still hovering around 500. The Brewers are now 10 games above 500. I thought Milwaukee was going to fall below 500. They've been proving me wrong. So I'm going to stake with yes, but I'm losing faith as each day passes. I was surprised, though, to see that the Cubs made a move because it came, getting Quintana came just two days after Theo Epstein said, the team just needs to play better. Yeah. And then he goes out there and he says, basically, okay, I'm going to backtrack on that. <laughs> so now I expect them to go get more. In a surprising move, at least somewhat surprising, the Panthers have fired GM Dave Gettleman. And this is after, you know, they lost some of their other front office. They lost uh, Sean McDermott. He's, the, he's now the head coach of the – he wasn't the front office. But the Panthers' front office and coaching staff apparently seems to be, like, disappearing before their eyes. And this is just two years removed from Super Bowl 50. Yeah, how far they've fallen. Jeez. I think this is bad news for the Panthers just because, you know, you see the teams – in their division. The Falcons obviously have just played in Super Bowl 51, are on the up and up. Matt Ryan, Devonta Freeman, Julio Jones, a very talented team. And the Bucks are one of the most promising young teams in football, in my eyes, Jameis Winston, Mike Evans, and then their defense is very solid as well. So I'm going to say right now that the Panthers' window has come and gone with one Super Bowl appearance. I mean, this is what they got with Cam Newton, and now their front office is falling apart in front of them. Ownership and GMs not getting along. You have ex-players taking shots at him. D'Angelo Williams called him a snake, and it was Steve Smith and Josh Norman also put out subtle messages about it on uh, Twitter, Instagram. So I think the Panthers' window has now come and gone. They weren't good last year. They had – but and people wrote that off as a Super Bowl hangover, but I think they really just overachieved. You saw, uh, obviously, Denver Broncos – fan right here so Super Bowl 50 is great <laughs> for me but I don't expect to see the Panthers really I, I don't think they're a playoff team this year just because of the strength of that division and I'd be I'm surprised to see this happen because I think this is the beginning of their spiral downhill and usually you'll see it come after three to four years of solid contention and I think the Panthers only got one year of contention out of it yeah, I'm going to be honest with you. I was one of those people who just didn't understand how the Panthers went 14-2 and and made a Super Bowl appearance. I know Cam Newton had a crazy season that year. He was the MVP. But they were they never seemed like a real legitimate team to me, even that year. I actually called that they weren't going to make the playoffs last year. I'm patting myself on the back, but I did say that I didn't believe in them. I think they just rode a hot defense, a very good defense to the Super Bowl. And I don't know. I, I agree with you, AJ. I think this window is closed. I think the reason why Gettleman was fired, though, was because of the relationships that he ruined with players. I mean, then you have, I think, Greg Olson's contracts coming up, if I'm not mistaken. You have players like that who I think the Panthers want to keep. And maybe with the GM, with Gettleman being the GM and his willingness to part ways with fan favorites, they thought that he was just going to let Greg Olson go. So I don't know. It's, it's weird timing for sure. I mean, why would you fire him after the draft and before many – it's just kind of like a weird time to fire him. But I'm with you, man. I don't think there's anything to, the Panthers can do to salvage this window. I think this window shut. I think Cam Ray- Newton's a very overrated quarterback. Uh, I, I don't see this team going anywhere anytime soon. Yeah, the Greg Olson point's an interesting one because there's been rumors that he's going to be holding out of training camp um, coming up. So maybe – Contract negotiations weren't progressing along yeah. with that. Well, I think so. I think you'll really see what happens now if they bring in another GM. 
right. and a Greg Olson contract gets done immediately. Right. And see, it, like, where that disparagement was. And just, this is all speculation, but maybe Gettleman didn't want to bring back Olson. And you know, what what is Cam Newton without Olson? I mean, that's been his primary go-to guy his whole career, it seems like. And if you take away Olsen, I mean, <laughs> in my mind, like, what is what, what is Cam doing? I mean, Kevin Benjamin yeah. came back last year. He started off the season very nice, but then tailed off. He's reporting to camp overweight, so maybe he's not going to be the same target that he's been in his first couple years in the league. I, I just – it doesn't look good for the Panthers. I'm expecting them to have a very bad season this year. Ezekiel Elliott is in trouble again, AJ, this time for an incident at the clutch, which I guess is a bar in Dallas? Yeah, something like that. But supposedly he he hit someone or a physical altercation, and this doesn't look good, man, because he already might be suspended for a domestic violence dispute earlier in 2016, I think it was. So Cowboy fans can't be happy right now. Supposedly it was a DJ that he hit, but we'll see what happens. More details come out to that. But yeah, I mean, this is just terrible timing for him because, like you said, this comes on the this comes off the tail end of Adam Schefter saying on Mike and Mike last week that Zeke Elliott was bracing for a suspension for the for this domestic violence dispute, which is still weird because you know it's been dropped in a court of law, it's been disproven by text messages saying he was being set up. So it's strange yeah. that the NFL is dragging that out. But now you tack this on top of it, and with the Cowboys reporting to training camp one week from today, they report to training camp on the 24th, and here's their star running back that is his getting his name dragged through the mud, like, and he put himself there. So yeah. at some point, even if it wasn't – I don't think it was even confirmed that he was the person that hit them. I might have misread the report, but um, he was – It was – I think it was confirmed. Actually. It was confirmed? Yeah. At some point, too, even if it's not, like, you're guilty by association. Like, you need to realize not to put yourself into situations like this. Like, everything you do is going to be under a spotlight, especially with the NFL still investigating something that is involving you. So when you just put yourself in bad situations like this, you're kind of asking for trouble. So, I mean, I don't – we'll see what Jerry Jones has to say about it. But at some point, Zeke has just got to – I mean, he's not the dumbest young guy to come into the NFL, but no. he doesn't seem to be the brightest. Yeah, he doesn't seem to be the brightest at all. And I mean, it's kind of hard to put my head around how these athletes just keep making stupid decisions. I mean, if you're a pro running back and you're making millions of dollars, you should know not to put your hands on someone, period. Don't put yourself in this situation. I, it just blows my mind, man. I mean, I know it seems like he was set up with that whole domestic violence thing, but you got to know that that's on your record right now. That's also part of public perception. That's a part of perception that the league looks at you at, and you're more susceptible to suspensions or bad behavior. You know, it's just... I don't know. I don't get it, man. <laughs> they have all these training programs. They bring in veterans to teach these young people how to stay out of trouble. and They just do not get it. I don't understand. Maybe maybe Chris Carter, maybe they didn't get the memo to get the fall guy like Chris Carter told them. How to <laughs> That's right. That's right.